It's good, be, good to be here this morning with you. Uh, grateful for the class this morning and for the comments and for our study through the book of Galatians. And I'm grateful for God's mercy and for His love. And it's a new year. And what's amazing, it's a new decade. Can't say that all the time. And so I was kind of doing some math in my head as we were driving to the church building. So there's 52 weeks in a year. So we partake of the Lord's Supper 52 times a year. You think about it, you're like, it doesn't seem like that many times. But then you think about a decade, multiply that by 10, you've got 520 times we partake of the Lord's Supper. Wow. And then you take it a little further, we've heard Bryant 10,040 times this year. That's a lot of times to hear Bryant, right? But we've been to 10,040 Bible classes within this building. What a blessing to be able to come and to be able to study God's Word. But 2020, man, isn't that a perfect theme for God's kingdom and for God's church? And really, to have 2020 vision should be our goal. And I look around and I see a number of you that are wearing glasses and that maybe at one time had that 2020 vision. But as Christians, as God's children, our goal should be striving to have 2020 vision for the Lord. This year, this decade, I hope and pray that each and every one of us will have vision that is more clearly seen and to be known and to know God this year and this decade. If you turn with me to Second Peter Chapter 1, that's where the bulk of our study will be this morning, and then we're going to kind of change our perspective and look at 2020 vision. But first, we'll look at 2 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 2. 2 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 2, says, May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of our God and of our Jesus Lord. His divine power is granted to us all things that pertain to life, and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desires. For this very reason Make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and vir- virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind. Having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Man, 
What an amazing verse. And it's that time of the year where a lot of people set New Year's resolutions and they say, hey, this is the year. This is the year I get back on track. And whatever it might be, to get a little bit bigger biceps, maybe a little of a thinner waist, maybe to get more discipline with their finances or to get more structured within their family. But for God's kingdom, this is the year where we get more focused and more determined to serve God. And I, don't, I know we turn on the TV and we get on our internet and we look at various blogs and articles and we see these no, no doubt, no fail plans. And they say all you have to do is give up everything that's ever been tasteful, anything that's ever been sweet, anything you've ever loved since you were a wee little kid. All you have to do is give up all of that and eat these disgusting foods and you will look perfect. But what God is telling us here is if we do these things, we will never stumble. And we will continue to increase. And we will learn to know God and we will be known by God. Brothers and sisters, let's look at that this morning. First and foremost, let's think about the fact we need to ask the question, how is your daily walk with God? Some of us are probably doing really well. Some of us are doing better than we were a year ago. Some of us might even be doing worse. But if at any point you think that your walk with God, I think all of us, if we're honest, can say it could be better. Second thing is, how is your prayer life? This is a personal question. I think this is a hard question to answer. But each and every one of us know where we are in that prayer assessment. How is it? How are you doing with studying God's Word? How is your overall spiritual well-being? These are some questions I think it's important for us as Christians to ask ourselves on a daily basis, especially on a yearly basis, and especially on a decade basis. So today I want to ask you, how are you doing spiritually? Second, let's look at these verses that we read in 2 Peter chapter 1. First, grace and peace is multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of our Jesus our Lord. The thought here is that we need to have our blessings. We need to recognize where blessings come from. We need to recognize and know that God is good and that God is wanting to bless His children. And sometimes those blessings don't come or look how we think they should. Really, the most important blessing that we have been given is eternal life. It's to know that Jesus came and died for you and for me. As His divine power, in verse 3 says, has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by the glory and virtue. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. And what's amazing is God tells us, Peter tells us here, there are eight attributes that each and every one of us can attain. I'm going to have to tell you that I am nowhere near perfection when it comes to these eight attributes. But let's look at them. The eight attributes, the first one is faith. And we have been talking over and over in our study in Galatians about the importance of faith. 
Brandon asked some solid questions this morning in class about that Old Testament, about that tangible things that they wanted to touch. Those were things that were easy for them because they'd always known it. Faith is difficult. God called Abraham to do things that were challenging. He told Abraham to take everything he'd ever known and leave it behind and move to somewhere he'd never been. He told Sarah that at this crazy old age, you're going to bear a son. And he is going to be the seed that Jesus ultimately came through. And Sarah laughed initially until she recognized that God's promises were coming true. But it it took her having faith. And we saw how Abraham tried to interject his timing with God's timing. God is calling us to have faith. We need to have faith each and every day. And I think for that, it's different. It looks different among us. Some are more willing to trust and obey. Some find it a little bit more challenging. But throughout God's Word, we see that God's promises have always come to fruition. We need to trust. We need to have faith. The next thing we see here is virtue. And virtue is having moral excellence and goodness. We live in a world that is ruled by sin, that is ruled by selfish gain. As God's children, we need to be longing for those things that are virtuous, those things that are good, those things that are moral. Next, we need to have knowledge. And I would argue that knowledge comes from studying God's Word. We need to take the time and the energy and the effort to study God's Word. I have to tell you, in 2019, that was hard for me. My work schedule and, my, and, and children, all those things that come and, and, and start adding to your schedule can be difficult. But 2020 has been different for me. And I, yes, I admit we're only 17 17 days in. But recognizing that every day we need to be making effort to put time in to know God. And we do that through studying His Word. And then the fourth attribute we see here in Peter is self-control. We need to have self-discipline. We need to recognize that there are certain things that God's children just can't be a part of. And the world tells us there's no harm in this. And that's rooted all the way back to the garden when sin is first introduced into the world. And what's amazing is you think about that and you think about Satan's schemes and Satan's strategy there. He tries to convince Eve that's, that's not really what God meant. That's not what God really said. And Eve fell for that. Just as you and me often fall for the lies and the schemes that the devil tries to give our life. We need to have that self-control. Next, we need to have perseverance. We need to recognize that sometimes it is just about being disciplined and conviction and having strong assurance that we are going to do certain things. We need to have patience and long-suffering, recognizing that this is a journey, that we are at war, that there is a battle going on each and every day. And we need to seek for godliness. 
which means to have godly character out of devotion to God. We need to have brotherly kindness, which is having love towards each other, towards our brethren. Jesus tells tells us that many, many times throughout his word. We need to love one another, which ultimately leads us into the last attribute, which is love. And that is a decision, that is an active goodwill towards those in need. Love is the decision that we have to make every day when it comes to loving our spouses, when it comes to loving our children. There are times when that comes easy. There are times when that is difficult. But love is an active decision. Putting their needs above your needs. And then ultimately here in 2 Peter, after he gives these attributes... He says, for if these qualities are yours and are increasing and keeping you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, for if these eight attributes are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. What an amazing thought to think if we have these things, if these things are within us, if these things are the pillars of what our lives stand upon and they abound, then we will never be unfruitful and that we will continually grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I have to tell you that these simple steps, right? Simple, easy to do steps take a lifetime to master. But they take a decision by decision choice that these are who we will be. And I've heard of these different ideas. And Martin Turex from Temple Terrace, Church of Christ, he always, he says, he talks about this analogy in his sermons and I I really like it. And it's really taken me a long time to understand it. But he talks about how it's important for us as Christians to have an arm's length away from the world. And he says it's important to have that. But what's interesting is that you think about that arm's length. If we're not careful, that arm's length can constantly become compromised. Because you think about it, today I'm an arm's length. But as the world continues to get more worldly and more sinful, if we say, I'm going to keep that arm's length, as we see, we're getting closer and closer to those worldly ideas. We could say, well, I'm, I'm constantly keeping that arm's length. But in reality, we need to be grounded on God's truth. If God's truth is where we stand, no matter what, and we keep that arm's length, we will be grounded and rooted in God's Word. And what's interesting is I always think about bamboo. I don't know if you know much about bamboo, but bamboo is extremely fascinating. It's very strong, but bamboo grows in a unique way. It needs to be watered on a daily basis. But what's amazing about bamboo is it takes four years for you to ever see any type of growth. But what happens with bamboo, it makes this unbelievably strong root system. And then in that fifth year, it skyrockets. It can grow up to, I think, 90 feet in five weeks. What's amazing about bamboo is it has to be rooted and it has to be grounded. As children of God, we need to be like bamboo. 
I think about growing in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I hope you think about growing in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I hope you think about growing in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, not only individually, but as a family and as a church here. That we are growing in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And as we read in Galatians this morning, Paul talks about being knowing God and being known by God. Those should be our goals. We should grow to know God. And we should have comfort and reassurance knowing that God knows you and me. I think about our goals in 2020 and us growing in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And there are reasons that we need to grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. In verse 9 here in 2 Peter, it talks about being spiritually short-sighted and having amnesia. But what is the ultimate objective of being a Christian? And the answer, I would say, is to become like Christ. You and me need to be striving to be like Christ. In Romans chapter 8, turn with me to Romans chapter 8. I'm going the wrong way. Romans chapter 8 and in verse 29. Romans 8 and verse 29 reads, For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, in order that He might be the firstborn among many brothers. And turn with me to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 9. Colossians 3, verse 9 says, Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on a new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Brothers, failure to grow indicates that we have forgotten the sacrifice of Christ. And may that never be. You think about Paul in the letters of Galatians. He says, you foolish Galatians. Let us never be. Let us never forget that sacrifice. I think about being short-sighted. When I was an OR nurse, we did cataract surgeries. We did lens replacements all the time. Because people want to be able to see. And it's something to be short-sighted. It's something else when you can see clearly. And what's amazing is that God has given us the recipe to be able to see clearly. And in 2020, I hope and pray that each and every one of us have a desire to grow closer to God. What's most amazing about this verse here in 2 Peter is that he tells us in verse 10, he says, we will never stumble. Man, what does that mean to never stumble? So if I do these things, I'll never stumble. I'll never make a mistake. I'll never fall. I'll never sin. I don't believe that's what Paul is saying here or what Peter is saying here. Because in verse John chapter 1 and verse 8, verse 10, it tells us that every man sins. And if you say there's no sin among you, then you're a liar. But what we need to recognize is that God has given us a recipe that if we do these things, we will continue to grow and to be fruitful. 
And in those cases, we will never stumble. Because our goal in this life is to be more like Christ. And Peter gives us eight, eight key components to be that. To never stumble. To be fruitful. And entrance into the everlasting kingdom will be abundantly supplied to those who continue to grow in these eight attributes. What an amazing thought. What an amazing verse. And I encourage you to look over this verse over the next couple of days, over the next couple months, over this entire year and our entire lifetime because these are things that each and every one of us need to have within our hearts and in our lives. Not only in this building, not only in our jobs, not only in our homes, but in every aspect of our lives. We need to be striving to have 2020 vision. There's a quote that I find amazing. <laughs> I think it's even more amazing thinking about who it comes from. Helen Keller once said, The only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. For you who don't know who Helen Keller is, she was blind. And she was a very inspiring woman in a lot of different ways. But to think, the only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. Brothers and sisters, I would say that the worst thing that a Christian could be is blind and not have vision. So how in 2020 can we improve our vision? I think that there's a few different ways. First, we need to think about our envision determines our perspective. The things that we see and the things that we allow in our life and the way we view God's Word and the way we view Jesus Christ and the way we review coming together to worship determines our perspective. And what I mean by that is if, it was in, if it's important to us, then it will change our perspective. Our vision will become more clear for the Lord. Our vision, number two, shapes our behaviors. If the Lord's Word is important to us, and obeying God's Word is important to us, then it will affect our behavior. And if there are things in our life that are not where they need to be, if we see God, if we see Jesus clearly, those things will change. Third, is our vision forms the foundation of our values. If God is important, if God is important to you and to me, our values will be rooted like bamboo within God's Word. And number four, our vision establishes where we are heading. It took me a second to think about the importance of that. For me, I want nothing more than to spend eternity in heaven. That's hard. Think about the last decade. I look back and I say, oh man, that all happened so fast. I graduated college in 2010, entered the army in 2010. There were moments where it felt like that was never, 
going, I was never going to make it to 2020. And then I look back with two children, I think, wow, where did the time go? And the reality is our vision is important. This year, 2020, will bring difficulties. It will bring opportunities. And it will bring blessings. But I think it's important for us to think about how we view things. We want to see things from heaven's perspective. Not from an earthly perspective. Not from a worldly perspective. Not from an arm's length perspective. We ought to be looking to see things as heaven, in heaven's perspective. We need to see things heaven down, not earth up. And we need, and we desire, we should be desiring to see things as God sees them. And to be perfectly honest, I don't know at all times what that looks like. But I know the source of where I can go to have clarity in what God's vision is for you and for me. Turn with me to John chapter 9. A couple more verses and the lesson will be yours. John chapter 9. John chapter 9 is dealing with a blind man. And I find this story to be extremely interesting. Really, the whole chapter is dealing with this blind man. And what's amazing is God, Jesus heals this blind man. He heals it in a unique way. And then some of the questions that are brought up from not only the Pharisees, but from his, uh, Jesus' disciples. But in verse 1 of chapter 9, it says, As he passed by, he saw a blind man from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work as long as I am in the world. I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with his saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud, and he said to him, Go wash in the pool. So he went and washed and came back seeing. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as beggar were saying, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, It is he. Others said, No. But he is like him. He kept saying, I am the man. So they said to them, Then how were your eyes opened? He answered, The man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, Where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought him to the Pharisee, they brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight. And he said to them, He put mud on my eyes, and I washed, and I see. Some of the Pharisees, This man is not from God, and he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, How can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was division among them. So they said to the Again to the blind man, what do you say about him since he has opened your, your, your eyes? He said, he is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of the man who received his sight and asked them, is this your son who you say was born blind? How does he now see? His parents answered, we know that this is our son 
and that he was born blind. But how he now sees, we do not know, nor do we know who opened his eyes. What's amazing is that the man responds, he says, I was blind, but now I see. Brothers and sisters, I would argue that each and every one of us at one time was blind, but now we see. I would also argue that there may be some in this room that had seen at one time that are being affected by blindness or a nearsightedness. Brothers, I can tell you in my life that there are a lot of things that I need to improve on. My time. I have not put enough time in understanding and knowing God on those eight attributes that Peter has told us. But what's amazing is that God has given us a brand new year, a brand new decade. 2020. Wow, this is a perfect time to make sure our vision is clear. What's interesting is when you go to the optometrist, they put that gizmo on your face. You kind of feel like Terminator or something like that. And they ask. And what's interesting is they say, they, they, they give you two choices, right? One's worse and the other's better. And I, I get so confused because sometimes I'm like, they're both bad. That's okay. They both can be bad. Which one's better? Better? No? Better? No? Better? Reality is that's how our walk with Christ is. Some things help us. Some things don't help us. But our goal each and every day to say better. Yes, better. Next day, yes, better. Nope, not better. I need to be better. Yes, better. But what's amazing is that God gives us a compass. He gives us an eye exam on a daily basis to make our lives better. I can go on and on this morning about how important it is to see God clearly. I have a couple more thoughts and the lesson is yours. Let's think about how we're growing in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Are you growing in the knowledge of Jesus Christ? Have you become stagnant? How is your daily walk with God? How is your prayer life? How are you doing with studying God's Word? How is your overall spiritual well-being? How is your vision? What are your spiritual goals for 2020? Are you looking to improve? Are you looking to stay where you are? A.W. Tozer once said, We tend by a secret law of the soul to move toward our mental image of God. I'm going to say that one more time. We tend by a secret law of the soul to move toward our mental image of God. It's kind of confusing. I think what A.W. Tozer is saying is that your image of God shapes your relationship with God. The way you see God right now is going to affect your relationship. If you see God as the God of the universe who gave His Son for you and for me, I believe if we see that clearly, that will affect every aspect of our lives. It will determine our perspective. It will shape our behavior. It will form the basis of our values. And it will set the direction we travel. Brothers and sisters, my goal for you is to grow more in love with God for 2020.
I believe it's possible. I believe Peter. I believe John. I believe all of these men in the New Testament had the same goal as you and I. We need to continually look to make sure that our vision is grounded in the truth. Helen Keller once said, the only thing worse than being blind is having sight, but no vision. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord, that I may see. If there are any of you here this morning that need to start new, that need to make some changes, that are maybe not doing things the way you should be doing, or maybe there's some here this morning that have never taken that step, that have never said, you know what, Lord, I want to be pleasing in your sight. I am ready to confess that you are the Son of God. I am ready to repent of all of my sins that I've ever committed. And I am ready to take that step of faith and to be baptized for the remission of my sins. This is the year. This is the decade to make it right. Let us help. Let us guide you to make your vision more clearly seen for Jesus and for God. If there's any here this morning, Jason will lead us in an invitation.